You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. Yes. Do you know why? Because I'm a boss. Watch the uh, uh, I'm busting. I'm the first girl to scream on the track. Oh, I switched up the beat of the drum. I swear. Okay, yeah, that was short lived. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea's nodding. That's right. I brought all the boys to the yard, and that's right. I'm the one that's tattooed on his arm. I'm busting. Oh my yeah. gosh! Welcome, welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting, where we spill tea in our group chat, and each week we let you in on it. I'm Charles Pinky. I'm Glenn at Bedside Brat. I'm Sade at Black Girls Texting. And today we have a very special guest joining us. We're so, so excited that she's yes. here. She's currently at Refinery 29 Unbothered. Yes. Miss mm. Danielle Cadet? Yes. Cadet. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Hi. Oh my gosh. I'm so Welcome. happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh I'm my excited. God. Thank you for coming. I'm excited to be here. Can we talk about how I went to get Danielle from downstairs and she was like, we're in Crown Heights. She was like, oh yeah, my grandparents live <laughs> right up here and you know, they're Caribbean. So I had to stop because they made sure I had to get some food and I was like, yeah. What was on, what was on yes. the plate? Do it for the culture. Sac passe to all my, to all my Haitians out there. Yeah. Yes. I, they definitely, my grandmother made like very Haitian food. She made legume, which is like vegetables mm-hmm. yeah. um, and rice and peas. And I had to have like at least five spoonfuls before I could walk That's out. That's right. Door. Like why yeah. do Caribbean grandparents try to just Value make you up. gain weight? Always. Always. <laughs> but like then make just, comments when you, but then make comments when you gain weight. Right. I was about to yeah. say, yeah. Oh, you're looking real, uh, yep. what's going on? And right. I'm like, but you won't like, you keep feeding me. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Good God rest in, in God. What am I saying? Rest in peace. <laughs> God rest his soul. <laughs> God oh, yeah. rest his soul. Rest in peace to my amazing grandmother, but she was on oxygen, like sickly and wouldn't have seen me for months and would clock me the minute I walked in. Mm, you're getting a little thick there. And I'm like, mm. Eliza. <laughs> Hi, Always. nice to see you. Always. There's no hello. There's no There's hello no in a Caribbean household. No. no, it's like it was like a kiss of the teeth and then a. Ooh. <laughs> Always. Ooh. See, my mom Always. tries to mask it. I was on Skype with her when I was away at college, and she was like, "You're looking rosy." And I was like, what does what that mean? Rosy. That's a great adjective choice. Yeah, she tried to be nice about it and then talk shit to my sister who conveyed the message. Always. Oh, There's oh always a talking shit. You're always talking shit to somebody else. Always. Yeah. So, yes, I'm a very, very Brooklyn Caribbean girl. Like, ah, oh, my God. I didn't live. But, like, yo, no one yes. is still, like, a Brooklyn. Like, you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Where in Brooklyn I mean, are you my from? grandparents have literally lived... On Montgomery Street for like forty plus years. Yes, so, amazing. Yeah, I've been in this neighborhood since I was a little girl. So here for it. Watching all the white people. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I grew up in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I li- I lived here until I was like three or four. We moved we moved out to Long Island. Um, but like my grandparents' house was like here on the weekends. Exactly. Every weekend right. I'm here. So it's crazy. Like seeing places that used to be like gas stations are mm-hmm. now high rises. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Starbucks on Franklin Ave. Like it's crazy. I'm like yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this place what is. What's to make of it? Yeah, yeah. I know. Remember, it's we were insane. walking down Franklin and I was shook. Yeah. Like, it looked like a Vineyard Vines commercial. It's commercial. Yeah. yeah. No, this it's crazy. Crew of polo clad yeah. people. Because I get like a little, like, edgy white, yeah. Yeah. like, little no, nose ring. It's not, right. Yeah, but this no, was it's like, like J. They were white, white. J. Crew. It's real. Oh, you white, white. Yeah. You white, white. Realist of what? When I was looking for my, like, I lived with my grandparents for a little while and then. 
I moved out and I was looking for apartments like, I don't know, like maybe like Franklin and like Mm -hmm. St. John's or whatever. And my mom was like, people live there over now, like live over there now. Yes. Like I got mugged on that corner. My right. mom went to Clara Barton. Like, oh my yes. God, yes. I real, like very Brooklyn. So my mom is like, what is going on? Like she came to visit me and I was like, we can go to dinner on Franklin now. Like yes. she's like, there are restaurants, there are there restaurants, restaurants and bars and you can get plethora. like, you can yeah. get like $1 oysters. Name it's the crazy. cuisine yeah. and you could probably find it on it's Franklin. Crazy. Franklin has That's a crazy. great restaurant strip. Yeah. yeah. Shout it's out insane. to Chevella's. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh that's the so, twofold about gentrification i know, I know. the good I the know. bad so we are really excited for you to be here um for those that don't know and please expound upon this because yeah. you obviously know more than i do but um so refining 29's unbothered is made for and by black millennial women celebrating the beauty strength and power in our community and this means like the most to us because that's really what our podcast is all about. We were kind of founded on the concept of like, I I always say like FUBU, like for us, by us and really representing like the black millennial woman who's like in her twenties and thirties. Like we have a whole different vibe, I think from our moms and our grandparents. And like, I think that this is something really important for people to understand our voices and where we're coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what's amazing about Unbothered is it's just this incredible community of just dope-ass black women. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think that you're so right. Like, there's a very... There's a tangible difference between our generation and generations before us. And, like... And that's no shade to any generation Mm -hmm. before us, but I feel like generations before us actually made our feelings and our existence possible Possibly. like the way our the way our blackness mm, resonates mm-hmm. was made possible by the generations before us you Absolutely. know so that what you know unbothered it the purpose of unbothered is to really capture that and to celebrate that um you know no i i love essence no shade to essence it's just not made for our generation and i think that there's no place that's really no publication no media outlet that's really tapping into what it means to be a black woman right. in, in right now as a millennial. Yeah. Um, and so that's really what we try to do. We celebrate black women. We, you know, make a room for debate. Um, I'm so excited to have come on board. Um, we're really trying to take things to the next level. Um, I feel like this sounds cheesy, but like under my leadership, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, that's right. Uh, boss up, boss up. Right. I need to like step into Own it. Yeah. <laughs> Lead but in. really like blowing out um, the brand, blowing it out as a full sub brand of, of, yes. of Refinery29. If you're familiar with Refinery, Refinery is very unapologetic in how it speaks about uh, women's issues and politics and so on and so Absolutely. forth. So Unbothered really fits squarely within that mission of Refinery as a whole. Um, really just being unapologetic and talking about black womanhood in a very real, authentic way where it's yes. just like we're not you know, we're not going to shame each other. We're not going to like look down at each other. We're going to celebrate each other. It's just, you know, like it can be anything from like, ho is life to Ah. like, (laughs) like, go vote. You know what I mean? It's just anything. It's like any and everything that I really do think that's what it is to be a black millennial woman. One minute you're, you know, like talking about like whether or not you're about to go have sex and like the next minute, like what you're cooking for dinner. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's anything. Or like what's going on, like, at the polls, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like, I, th- I think Unbothered, the point of Unbothered is to encompass all of that and to really speak to our experiences, which I don't think anybody else is doing. So, yeah. shout out R29 Unbothered, follow us. On yes. Yes. And plug, 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 plug it up. Yeah. 
And I appreciate that intersection because we talk about it all the time when, when it comes to feminism. As black women, we don't necessarily feel like we have a place in that yeah. conversation, yeah. whether it be the pink vagina, mm-hmm. like we don't have pink vaginas, <laughs> pink pussy hats, <laughs> pink pussy hats right, yeah. or like just any conversation we're kind of left out. So like it's it's great that there's going to be an outlet or that there is an outlet now that is crossing those two things like blackness and womanhood. Oh, yeah. Right. And that feels like fresh and modern because I think even Refinery29 has always been kind of doing making this content that feels like very current Mm -hmm. and they've always from my experience paid attention to like women within this kind of multicultural kind of way Mm -hmm. so it makes a lot of sense that now they're zeroing in and really building out this like portion of their of their of their brand for us for sure Yeah. yeah and that's so that's really great to hear you guys say that i mean i think the one thing i definitely think is really important that we stress about unbothered is it is a black space like yeah. it's okay. not multicultural it's not it's made for and by black women so it's I not do white think women a lot of times, telling our story right, like a lot of times like multicultural spaces get very squishy and it's yeah. like oh it's for every women of color and don't get me wrong there's nothing wrong with that but i do think there's something really important about making a very specifically intentionally black female space that's that's all this is for that's who this is for you know we just did some really great um content um for latinx heritage history Mm. month and you know we talk specifically about what it is to be an afro latina you Mm. know so it's like this is specifically for black women and it's not to be confused i i've worked in multicultural media my whole career um, and I have always sort of had to straddle that line of like, oh, well, we're sort of for every brown person. No, we're not. It's actually right. really liberating for me to be able to be like, nah, this is just black women. Yeah. Right. yeah. Black people. So it. uh, it's dope. It's really amazing. We have black men who are really excited about us, too. So it's dope. But it is very much specifically this is for black women. How, we so like rarely get that, right? Like how often do you really feel catered to yeah. as a black woman? Yeah, and that's sure. really what we're trying to bring to the space. That's fire. Yeah, I go I go back and forth with like lumping not I guess yeah, lumping myself in with the POC umbrella because yeah. I feel like I feel like emboldened or empowered by having like all of these extra people like yeah, just this this range of people. Yeah. That, that know what it feels like to be like a quote unquote an other. Yeah. But but yeah, at the end of the day, like our experiences are are different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important to have both, right? Like mm-hmm. it's important to be able to be to have that huge community, that mm-hmm. huge POC community, but to also be able to escape to a space where you're like, this is just your space, yeah. your shit. It's like being a, yeah. it's like going to your it's like actually this is, might be a weird analogy, but it's like, okay, it's one thing to be home, right, with your family. It's another thing to go to your room and yeah. have your safe space and be mm-hmm. able to just be around things that make you personally comfortable. I love right? that. That's and you can analogy. come out and, like, have dinner and talk to everybody, but you can go back to your room yeah. and have your space. And that's really what I want to bother to be for black women. I yeah. love that. So is Refinery, uh, I don't know if you can speak on this, but are they planning to branch out for Asian women or... Um, you know, women of different ethnicities? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there are plans to do that right this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Refinery is really, like you said, has always really been about a multicultural umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really respect about the company and what made me want to go there is they're being very smart about how they address multicultural issues and actually very proactively are trying to 
uh, avoid lumping everybody mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. I think that's actually amazing. Um, Unbothered was actually started by the incredible black women in the refinery office. Awesome. So Dope. it was literally like a group of black women who were like, we need this space for ourselves. And it quite honestly grew like crazy and it has become what it is today to a point where we're like, okay, it's time to take it to the next yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think if women, if, you know, Latinx women or if Asian women wanted to do that, I think Refinery would certainly support it. I think the cool thing about Unbothered is like we're kind of setting the framework for what that would actually look like. Yeah. Um, Yeah. At the end of the day, like I say, I always bet on black women. Like we are an amazing community. And like, it's like, if you look at the Unbothered comments, it's very like, yes, sis, go. Like, it's like an amazing celebratory community. So at the end of the day, like, I think it was easy to kind of take this chance and like do it because we felt like black women were going to support it. And black women have showed up and I mean, out. your Instagram page alone, I feel like it it just, I connect with everything that you guys post. Yes. It's like, oh my yes. God, I'm following immediately. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wanted to pull back a little bit and just talk about the idea of like being unbothered. Like I've, in, yeah. you talking, why unbothered? You said, yeah. yeah. You've also yeah. used the word like unapologetic. Mm-hmm. So how do you look at those, like those two terms or even like ideas of being carefree? Do those yeah. all sort of intersect? Or, yeah. Yeah. That's. That's so interesting because I think as black women, like we oftentimes feel very tethered and we feel very responsible for others, right? Like we feel like we have to do things, represent our communities, Mm. whomever it is, right? Families, whatever. And I think the concept of being unbothered is just being like, fuck all that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I'm untethered. Like I'm not doing this for anybody i'm not worrying about anybody i'm not only carefree but like i just don't give a fuck like i'm just i'm not worried i'm saying what i want i'm doing what i want that's what i'm saying like you could be like ho is life because i that's me it's not about you know like um uh i just forgot what what's it called um respectability politics Mm, it's not about you know it's not about who am i who am I representing? What does it mean if I act this way? It's just like, it's me, myself, and I. I'm not connected to anything. And again, going back to prior generations, I feel like respectability politics were so intertwined with what it meant to be a black woman, right? Mm -hmm. Like being a good black woman oftentimes meant presenting yourself a certain way, right? You're, you go to church, you're a virgin, you're married, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And like, and if that's what you want to do, cool. But it's also like, if you don't want to do that, who cares? Like it is about being untethered. It's about being free. It's about being able to live as a black woman in a way that I don't really think we've been able to. We've constantly been connected to whether it's men or children or whatever it is. I think really being a millennial black woman means being able to own that and being able to be whomever you want yeah. without like that connection or not even connection. Cause I think it's not the best word, but like without that burden, th- that burden, burden that yeah. chain mm-hmm. that like, Oh, and that's not to say that we don't still feel that. Right. But right. like, you know, we're still very much a part of our communities, but really like kind of cutting those chains loose and letting ourselves fly and yeah. really be who we we're meant to be for sure. But that's, what's so important. I think about having that space of the fact that you are all black millennial women as well, because oftentimes for me, like corporate America, I'm like, okay, I need to present myself a certain way. I need to do things a certain way for other people. Mm -hmm. And you can just be you in that space with people that 
understand you are just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, you, you, your hair, you change your hair all the <laughs> People time. Oh, your oh, hair. Yeah, oh, did you, oh, I, did you have braids last week? Like, you right. know, good and goddamn well, I didn't have braids last week. Right. Like, you know, like, but that's what going back to that, like, you're in your room. Like, yeah. you want to walk around your room naked, if you want to, whatever, yes. whatever you want to do, like, you want to take your weave down in your room, like, you can do all of that. And that's what I'm saying, like, Unbothered is meant to be just that whole concept of being that's i like i love the name and i've got to admit i wasn't there when the name um when when the ladies came up with the name mm-hmm. um but just he like this whole as this job came on my radar i was like this is amazing like how yeah. can i not do this but yeah. yeah it's really like just being able to be who you want to be without having to worry about code switching yes you know without having to worry about respectability politics all those things that like i do feel we carry on our shoulders for sure i feel like as black women we have like a weight like all the time so those spaces where we can take that off i think are really beautiful and i think you see that in like artistry right like with like solange or with like when you see those like black women who really let their hair down and did their thing it's like this beautiful experience and i think really capturing that is is what i I hope to do. Yeah. You know, that makes me think about something. We've talked about this a few times in the show, like not separating, but how do you think about like your blackness and your womanhood? And we always say that we go, I think black we've first. also said that we black go black first. first. Yeah. Because a lot of like parts of women's movements haven't felt like they were catering to us or that we could find our space within them. But I mean, being black and being a woman, those two things are very much like distinct. aligned and yeah. Uh, yeah, it is a distinct that's identity. Real. But I wonder if you have like any thoughts about that. And yeah. I think that's so hard. And, and I think most black women would be black first. Like I think mm-hmm. I've actually was just having a conversation with our research department about this and refinery did a real, a lot of research about diverse communities and identity. And that was one of the things was that, I can't remember exactly what the percentage was, but it was a wild percentage of women, of black women who identified with race first. Mm-hmm. I think that presents a really serious challenge for us because we oftentimes even get left out of racially out of those conversations, right? right? Like when we're talking about like black men being shot and killed by the police, mm, but we're not talking about it. black women exactly. being shot and killed by the police. We don't even know their names. Right. Really it, you know, everybody was having a lot of con- yeah. during the whole, during the Kavanaugh hearings, a lot of people were like, well, if he was a black man, I'm sorry, Clarence Thomas, like, let's be real. Right. Like, let's take it back people to People don't Hill. even know that. Like, people don't, and there were a lot of, I had conversations with black men who were like, well, if this was a black man, it's like, no boo, it's happened. It happened. If they yeah. let a black man in there, you think they're not going to let this white guy, Harvard yeah. educated white man through those doors? Like, so I think there, there are a lot of times when you're thinking race first that you don't actually think about mm. the female experience. Black male privilege is a very real thing, you know? Yeah. When we think about, like, who actually the the individuals who were truly behind the civil rights movement were all women. It just wasn't the respectable mm-hmm. thing to have them in the forefront. Right. It was the respectable thing to have black pastors in blue suits. Mm-hmm. That's what you were supposed to show. And don't get me wrong, like, I, I understand the respectability of a male-led household, and we live in a very patriarchal society, but I think it's different difficult as a black woman when you put race first that oftentimes does mean you're putting your womanhood second Mm. so that's why i feel like creating a space where you can be black and woman Mm -hmm. at the same time and not necessarily have to choose i think it's just it's something that we so we don't feel very often and i'll be honest like i'm like creating, I'm trying to figure out how to create this space because it, I don't think it truly exists. I don't know that I've genuinely felt it, um, yeah. except for the times when I'm with other black women. So right. I'm curious about that because 
I think it definitely is time to have this space, but at the same time, just seeing it from, you know, fashion, entertainment, it's like cool to be black now. It's like cool to be woke now. And it feels like on trend. Do you think that the actions that are being taken are necessarily like for trend's sake or that it's really like people are like, no, fuck this. Like it's time to represent for this community that is so huge. Yeah. I mean, like the spending power of black oh, women yeah. is oh like yeah. out of control. It's like it's going to, I think it's like up to three trillion. Yeah. It's, it's out of control. Yeah. So do you think people are like, <laughs> no, like we are setting the precedent and this is what it's going to be go yeah. forward. I think it's a little bit of both, right? Okay. Like, so I think there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things that are trendy that black women invented, but they're not trendy until they're not on black women, right? So there's mm-hmm. this whole idea that it's like ghetto. You got until, bars. Like, right. it, it's real. Like, it's the whole thing. Is like, it's ghetto until proven fashionable on a Kardashian. You know right. what I mean? Like, that. They, so there's that. There, it's just, I think it's multifaceted in that. Like, I still think that black women are at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to that. Things are beautiful on other women Mm -hmm. that people won't appreciate on black women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I do think that we're in this very interesting time where people are finally realizing that like we've been out here saving this country for a long time. Like when you look at those poll numbers, when you look at the, how incredibly active black women are and always have been, like we are not, like, you'll notice on Unbothered, we're not going to be like, go vote. We already know our community votes. <laughs> like, I, like, Damn, I correctly. Like, that's a, that's a there. I think about, I, I've been in media for a, about 10 years. And so I think very long and hard about how you speak to your audience in a really authentic way. And it would be inauthentic for us to, to post something that's like, go vote today. You know what I mean? And mm. not to say that we wouldn't say something like that, but we would say it in a different way because we know that our community is really active. We know yes. that black women show up and show out. Like really we could take it back to, you know, the 2016 election and, and go back to those numbers and look at how black women, not only for during uh, Clinton and Trump, during Obama, like we really have always shown up and shown out in the midterms. We show up and show out. So I think it's, we're finally getting to this point where people are like, no, black women have been doing this. Like mm-hmm. even white women are like, no, black women have been doing this. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it was, that was a really big thing during the women's March mm-hmm. was like, thank you for like, finally like showing up, but we've been doing this. Like I our know. kids have been dying. Our kids have, like, we've been dealing with gun violence yep. in schools. We've been, we ha- we've been the grassroots, the foundational level of this. So I think that there is, finally this acknowledgement that that's been happening for so long but i do think that it's mixed in with this like this weird fetishizing of like black bodies and black black cool black swag and like all of that but i we still have this problem that like that's still that's really cool just not on a black woman you Mm -hmm. know and i'd love to get to a point where it's like that's dope on a black woman first and then like whatever because i mean i think we're all like appropriators like everybody is an appropriator okay you know so i think that we we spend a lot of time being like oh you're this you're that like this person's taking this culture i think that's part of american culture in general but i still think that we're a long ways away from being like this originated in the black female community and we are acknowledging it as such yeah so i think it's a little bit of both yeah if that i hope i answered you no you definitely (laughs) did i think that it's 
it's interesting because I feel the same way that it is a is a, a mix of both. But I think through creating these spaces, creating these things, like this podcast was literally like something we have been talking about, not necessarily in the form of a podcast, but we mm-hmm. were like, we talk about interesting ass shit. Yeah. Like we are educated. Yeah. Right. Like bitches got degrees yes. and, right. and good yeah. jobs <laughs> and like are out here doing things. Right. And I feel like we aren't really like shown, yeah. like we're shown as being like, Oh, she's pretty or like she's attractive. And you just see kind of like this image of black women. That's like a little like flat. Right. And yeah. we were like, yeah. there's Definitely so flat. many levels to us as a friend group, as right. a dynamic. And that's we, right. and we were also like, we're funny as fuck. Like, yeah. why don't we, <laughs> put something out there yeah, and yeah. it's been crazy to see like the people that identify with it like so many people they they'll email us or they'll message us and say like i feel like i'm listening to my girlfriend yep. yeah and yeah. it's so great white to girls hear. love this shit too yeah <laughs> but it's so great to hear that people are like i'm having similar conversations exactly. yeah. yeah i'm doing similar things yeah. but you don't hear our voices right right yeah, yeah. the narratives about us are either some extreme black excellence mm-hmm. or some like crazy extreme black kind excellence. Of, yeah. like she was the story. first woman to have a yeah. neuroscience degree <laughs> from right. this and elite it's like, okay, university it's like okay i'm not i know i said i got degrees <laughs> right, right but i'm not like that not all the way. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so you know i always say something that's offensive oh here we go so i'm moving away from refinery for a moment i'm thinking about these big corporations though that use blackness as like a tool like I don't know if this is Netflix's goal, but they have, uh, what is it? Strong Black Lead, yes. which was a beautiful campaign. The commercial Amazing. made me cry. Right. But at the end of the day, are they paying these strong black leads what they're playing these white black, white, strong white leads? Like, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, what do you even call that? Like, at what point is it like authentic? Mm. That's real. I mean, I think, you know, I think knowing some of the people who are involved in different campaigns at different companies, not even just Netflix, but like everywhere, right? I do Mm -hmm. think at every place, there are a group of black people who are trying to get their voices heard. Right. And that can oftentimes be very difficult because the only thing you can really get, only way you can really get a lot of corporations to pay attention is to hit them very deep in the pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the thing about strong black lead is it's like, let's create this space where we can call that out, where we can say that, where we can have those conversations. I think it's still a very ongoing conversation and hopefully creating the platform is like, gives us then the ability to be like, well, how much, how much was Sanai Lathan paid for Napoli Ever After right. versus, I don't know, some white person that did right. some white shit. I don't yeah. know. Like, you know, everything else much, that's on Netflix. Everything else on Netflix. Yeah. Right. You know, how much, you know, what, how much are the, the um, dear white, how much is the dear white people mm. cast making? Which, which, by the way, has a very, I know their creative, creative um, director is, uh, costume director, excuse me, costume designer is a black woman, um, and the and the same woman, and of course now her name is going to escape me, but who did uh, Living Single and um, A Different World is is the creative mind behind Dear White People. Wow. So you know you've got. Yeah. I mean that's the thing is that like once upon a time you did have these spaces. I mean to, to take you back to like UPN days when you had black actors, directors, yes, costume designers, all of them. Yo. There was is a very black space, you know? So I think getting back to this place where you're pushing that in people's faces cuz to your point again it's like we're there. It's just like, do we have a platform to show people that yeah, we're there? Exactly. That's not to say that I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much 
black actors are getting paid or black creatives are getting paid versus white creatives. I think we still got a long way to go. Yeah. But I think creating that platform is really important. I do think it's important, though, to then make sure that corporations aren't bastardizing it and using it, yes. inauthentically using it to their advantage, right? Because right? yeah. it is really cool to have a black thing. It is mm-hmm. really cool to be like, like, I, I've heard it. Like, a lot of people are like, Refinery's doing that. Like, oh, okay. But so I think it's really important, and I, I, I see it as, like, my job to be very clear, like, this is not to be convenient. It's not, because at the end of the day, like, being black isn't convenient. Being a black woman is the most inconvenient thing <laughs> on the face of the oh earth. So, you know, I think that needs to be really clear. It's like, I'm not doing it because it's cool. It's actually inconvenient as fuck for me to be who I am. But I'm doing it because it's necessary. And, like, we need to have these conversations. Uh, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't think it's always it's perfect, perfect, though. I no, absolutely. And and something that's really interesting about the space that you all have created is you cut out a lot of the bullshit. Like, we're constantly in competition in a sense Mm -hmm. it's a constant kind of like rat race in life but then to be able to come into a space where you're surrounded by black women and you're all kind of like having that same goal it's like i'm not too black today or i'm not you know like it's i don't know i can't even imagine it because i work in such a like white space that just having like my counterpart be a black woman, I'm like, oh my god, there's two of us. Yeah, yeah you right. Know? <laughs> like shook, and then we hired another black girl on the team, and we were like, oh, oh, it's my- a trend now. Yeah, we were like, ah, we're lit. Three's a trend. Three. Right? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't imagine like ten, fifteen, oh twenty. Like I, I I've always thought that. I, like yeah, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh damn, like. Maybe I'm about to lose my job because there's too many of us. Too many of us, and you know they only want a couple tokens. Yeah, but Damn, it's like no, we that's can a all, shitty feeling. I know, but we can all bring a skill set. It's real, though. You know, it's, I mean, you don't ask. I don't ask that question of other white women when they're in a place, right? Do they have that kind of a like no, paranoia? But there's also that right. sentiment of like we are black and we do identify with that culture, but we're also just like. We're people, and that's right. the whole thing of it being like black girl sexing. This mundane act of like everyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. We all we do the same thing. We walk down the street. We take the bus. Right. We Haitian food at our grandma's house. Right. Like, right. We be at Whole Foods too. Right. Exactly. Right. Like <laughs> black girl text chats are like probably the most popping places. Girl. Like, yes. the like memes, the, most the gifts, lit, the, like truly. <laughs> I truly. Nene I mean, leaks like, all over the like, text message everywhere. <laughs> like Rihanna and Nene leaks gifts are really like the only right. thing that I send but honestly like, truly I think that like black girl text chats are where it's at like we are the culture and yeah. like so much of what yes, comes out of our text chats like becomes the culture you know yeah, so I like I love it because I think that's where it's that's that's where it is like, yeah it's there and the shit we're going through like on our day-to-day being so like my my mom I thought that she was like a cool mom and like but then now she's pressing me like, when are you getting married? Oh, oh I know. And that's like what you were talking on. about before. My and I'm like, wow, thing. like yes. you're low-key mad traditional. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I thought we were off of this. Sabrina, no. what are we doing? Mm-hmm. No, I think I think the generation, I think our parents' generation is actually very traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, what? And it's like, no, mom, I'm, I'm in Torturing my life. <laughs> yeah. Fighting and life. <laughs> 
Chelsea still hasn't stopped. Well, should we get into some of the memes that we thought were super interesting? Yeah, some we were looking at like some posts on um, on your Instagram, yeah. and just we're so interested in the way like conversations um, kind of happen right. in the digital space, yeah, and the the kind of conversations that are happening in the comments underneath yeah. Yeah. are so interesting Juicy. and like yeah. yeah. People are really exploring topics and right. connecting with one another and challenging one another. Yeah. yeah. So. And it honestly helps our podcast because we might Whoa. see something, screenshot it, talk about it for a while. Let's and then go. I'm like, stop talking about it. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love it. Um, but one that jumped out to me was who can say the N word? Mm-hmm. So this was posted in case listeners want to go back to it on October 17th on R29 Unbothered. And it says, who can say the N-word, black folks only, uh, or black and brown folks, or Afro-Latinx folks, see line one, or nobody, or this question is absolutely ridiculous. Can we talk about it? Oh my God. What box are y'all checking? What box are y'all checking? I used to I be a nobody. non-N-word. I used to be a non-N-word, non-N-word sayer. Person? I'd be like, I don't say that word. And then one one day, <laughs> it was just Because I just feel so icky when I say it, when I'm like drunk. And I accidentally say around a white person. Oh God, they, I they hate get it. so excited. It's so <laughs> crazy. Wait, they get excited. Not excited. Every time I've ever said it, like slipped up and said it around white people, they get hella excited. They look, they look They're turned like, on. Glenn, They're like, you need some oh new white God. friends. Your white friends yeah, are they shit. Be, yeah, who is they looking like, excited? Like, oh I, that person God. has to get canceled yeah, real quick. They're just like, they're just like, like no. I think they, they're realizing that I'm like letting my guard down and they're mm. seeing this other side of me. And Glenn's white friends also use black emojis. They do. Okay, that's real questionable. <laughs> Cut them off. Scissor. Right, right. I don't let my guard down with them all the way anyway. Right. But the N-word situation, like, I grew up in a household where my dad literally just was just like, nigga, nigga, nigga. Like, <laughs> yeah. all the time. And, like, I just, I, I couldn't even curse or say anything. So, like, as soon as I could curse or just say any words that were, like, not allowed in my home, even though my father was fucking saying them all the time, I just wanted to say them. Yeah. So, so what box nigga you became a part of that too. Oh God, yeah. What box am I? Black and brown folks. I really just want to say black folks only. Black people, just black people. So if I'm black, if that's your choice. If you if want I'm to do black, that. but I'm Dominican, I can't say it. Damn. Now I kind of want to just. It like, gets real complicated. Say black American. See? So yeah. let's just not say just it. black American. Yeah, that's. What I mean, because it was that. a term Yankee. used against. I know. <laughs> I'm the resident Yankee the outside. resident Black American voice on Black Girl Sexting. I know. I'm looking at Shout your side eye. I know. I'm like low key, but I'm looking at your side eye. Like, you're like I'm the only. I'm not allowed. What, what, would, what do you think? You know, it's I. I toggle between like just Black folks only, um, but I also like. So the reason why we posted this was because there, we had a piece for Latinx History Month um, oh. about Latinx people, particularly who grow up in New York. Yeah, like you're talking yeah. about the Bronx, so like, or in Queens. They or, say nigga more than I say nigga. Right. Oh so like, these God. are a lot of like Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, like who grow up in Black and Brown communities. Who grow up? So it's not you don't grow up with that same emotional you know, tension with that word. J-Lo you just said it. say it. Right. No, I mean, I this is very like, and, and that's what's interesting is, but like, you also still then have the ability to cross over into communities that we don't necessarily have the ability to cross over to. Right. Or in the case of Dominicans, like, you don't even like black people. <laughs> so, I mean, let's keep it no, real. Be on it. Real. Let's like, yeah. I think you they're know, growing. there are a lot of, there or just, there. there are a lot of 
Latinx people who have a very complicated relationship with race. And there are a lot of Latinx cultures that have a very complicated relationship with race. Um, so that was the point of, of this post was to really start that conversation. And a lot of times, sometimes it's not even so much that like we have the answer. A lot of these things come out of our chat, our actual, our Mm -hmm. own like group of all the black people at the company where we're like, not like we've got people in that group that are like, not, Y'all niggas can't say it. Us, we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of like <laughs> Y'all niggas can't. Say wow. It. See, like I, I love but, like, it. We it can. Like, good truly, when you said it. Like, it's, oh, you said it good, like, girl. Like, and I and I actually was. I didn't. I never like actively didn't say the n word or like I know I was never actively like I don't say that word. I just didn't say it much. Yeah. Right. And then I got to a point where I was like, man, these niggas. Like, I could do whatever I want. Like, See, I yes, say it, you know, unbothered. Like, apparently, <laughs> apparently, I say it wrong. I was saying it, and Shadi was like, take that er off. Of hard <laughs> er. She gives us a hard er. That er. Right. I don't, I don't use the word. And then that's uh, what I was looks. Nigger. No! You still can't do it. Jim is appalled. I see, but when you hear it with the ER, that's when you have like a... I do think visceral. I have a visceral reaction to the yeah. ER. But I, I don't have to the A. Like Something about it is like catharsis to me like when a. I say it. I don't know why, but... I don't like yeah. the no. word. Think about where that word comes from. It but makes I get me disgust. No, I, I get it. it too, but no, I, like, I like saying it. It's I mean, I, you know, there's there, there's always a classic argument of like, you know taking back a word and using it for yourself. Like, I think there's this really amazing Ta-Nehisi Coates video. Love him. Where he's saying, like, you should think of the N-word the same way, like, he was, he's like, my wife, actually speaking of black girls texting, he's like, my wife has a group chat with her girlfriends where they call each other bitch. Like, yes. and they'll be like, bitch, you know, and I do this with my girlfriends all the time. I say, and like, I'll be like, bitch, what you doing? Bitch, no, no, bitch. Like, you know, we do it yeah. all the time. And he's like, but now if I were to come into that space and use that word, I'm not allowed to do that. You know what mm. I mean? And so that's kind of, the, I do think that that's a, a great way to look at the N word because there is a certain expect there's there's a certain aspect of it where we've taken ownership of that word and we've used it in a different way and right. we've kind of pushed back against the really ugly history of it right and we use it in these safe spaces but there is the history of it and it's like you can't disconnect from that so I I love that video I, I can't remember where he was but there's an there was a tweet that was going around of that video of him saying that and I was like I do think there's something to be said about how we how we choose to use it right you know but yeah I think that's a that that I'm so glad that that posted exactly what it was supposed to do and that it was supposed to start this exact kind of conversation. And just really quick to highlight, because we always talk about this, how black women are so varied and we don't all think the same way. I'm sitting next to my friend who drops that word every five fucking seconds. And I don't use the word unless I'm really fucked up. (laughs) Um, The rationale behind that is questionable because when i'm drunk i'm like oh i want to be cool i oh, God. no i mean i find that if, I, if if i'm saying like if i'm saying it i can't even say it right now because i feel like i'm drawing attention to myself right right but i'm i'm so comfortable like you if say I'm it like it's it, i'm like with my best friends see but i love yeah. that you just said like i feel like i'm drawing attention to myself like, yeah i think what people don't really understand about certain like particularly black folks use of the n-word is like i'm not trying to draw attention to myself i'm Mm -hmm. not trying to spark 
Like, we actually had this conversation today about, like, racist Halloween costumes, right? Like, I'm so fucking tired of talking about people's racist Halloween costumes. It's like you Because you knew that shit was racist when you walked out the door. You just wanted attention. I'm not actually giving you that. Like, I'm no longer going to do that with you, you know? So I think what a lot of people get twisted about the use of the N-word is it's like, oh, black people are trying to get us to pay attention to them. Motherfucker, I'm not. Like... I'm just doing my own thing. Nobody thinking like, about you. Thinking and about y'all watch you, us right? anyways. Like, right. You're, you're paying attention to me. You know Always. What I mean? Like, you're very, like, we had another conversation about, like, how white people are really checked into, like, insecure. And I'm like, white folks love watching what black oh people are God, doing. They love it. They love it. Wait, our first live show was hilarious. It yeah. was Glenn and I, and we were, like, just being mad black, talking about, like, the issue that happened in Flatbush with the black girl in the nail salon. Yes. yes. And yeah. The room beating and all yeah, that shit yeah. and then we started singing um what would you do if your son was at all, all this shit and like the black the white people in the audience were loving it it was so strange to white me people and love I, it they I, are I masochists of, at one yeah. point i'm not even gonna lie i kind of felt like a like a zoo creature no it's Be- real because yeah. I, was natural, I was literally i was just about to say it because it's like white people have been obsessed with black culture since we've been in this country since they yeah. brought us here it's very like it goes back to minstrel shows i think white people have always been kind of obsessed with watching i think black people have this incredible ability to take whatever we've been given and make it cool poppin'. and make mm-hmm. it poppin and black and white people are like well, how how do you do that and we can't do that and now we're gonna make you dance and we're gonna watch you right like we're actually making your life horrible but you're making a dance like and you're singing in the field and how are you do like i think that stop being happy white right white people have always been enraged by our joy and by our ability to like create beautiful because we've overcome so much shit that their population would have been wiped wiped out like no other community Community would have actually been able to the like, survive and I'm be so resilient. With us. I just can't. That's crazy. Right? Like I love I being love. black. Like actually, I guess, there is an unbothered uh, post that is like, "I'm so fucking proud to be black." Like I love being black. Okay, <laughs> really fast, Jim, Jim. We gotta get you on the mic. We gotta get you on the mic. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You want a mic? You want a mic? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Jam is oh, getting man. in it. Yo, I had and to he say didn't even it. have no rosé. No. <laughs> I'm just so fired up about it. But, like, I just in terms of, like, black culture and what we've overcome, just the whole idea behind why we're so happy all the time and what we've been able to accomplish is, like, I mean, have you ever heard of, like, a barrel of laughs or a laughing barrel? Yeah. What the origin of that is? No. no. Is because the, the where it came from was um, during slavery, the laughter of black people was so infuriating to slave owners that they would have to laugh in barrels. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, going to cry. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Are you kidding me? See, but this this is also like Damn. it's a it's a coping mechanism because you have to laugh to keep from crying, right? Yes. Like there's so yes. many times where like as black people it's like and that's again going back to group chats is it's like yeah. you have to like I mean there's a, a really great piece I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna forget who did this piece, but I don't know, it was it went viral, so you guys might have seen it. It was that piece about the group chat. 
Mm. And when terrible things happen to black people or when black people are shot and killed or whatever, how the group chat ends up being this really safe space, oh, yeah. especially for people who have to go work with piece. white people. Yeah. I'll find it and yeah. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll share it. But there is this way, like, I do think that we've been conditioned and we've had to do this as black people where you have to laugh to keep from crying. And that is, you just blew my mind with that. I did not know barrel You laughs. run to a barrel and I, so, I can't. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Wait, Jim, they can't hear you. And that's a way of like (laughs) just containing our laughter. (laughs) They know my heart. Yes. Damn, that just made me feel. (laughs) That made me feel all tingly. Yeah, very proud. We black and we proud. Also, really quick, similar to the N word, the B word. Let's just do the cis thing. I don't, I don't like cis. I love (laughs) cis. Oh my god. I always drop it in the group chat, and they're always like. Stop sissing me. We I don't use, we like use it. sis a lot. We, I we, love we use sis. sis a lot. But I, I, I don't know. I don't. I part personally don't feel like you have to use one for the other. I, so I, I grew up with, in a time where my my parents used brother and sister and sis. Beautiful. In some od like love Afrocentric that. black way. <laughs> yes. That I like. If we were using it that way, I'd kind of be here for it. But people use sis now. To like me, birds, partially shady. like yes, sis. Yeah, it's like a little birdie. It's a little shady. I'll use it in a birdie way because it's like kind of fun. You won't never but see no sis come like off my fingertips. Of <laughs> uh-uh. My friend be calling people sweetie. Sis, you I'm look like, good over there with rude. that purple. Oh, hair. I do. I'll hit. Oh, listen, you I'll hit a, sweetie. I'll hit a sweetheart. I'll be like, no, thank you, sweetheart. Ooh. I will. I'll yes, hit I'll shade, hit a shady sweetheart. I will. Shady, shady. I will. You don't want. You don't want that from me. You don't want. You don't want it. Text. I'll be like, I'm good, sweetheart. Oh, I'm good, love and joy. Yes. Oh my god. That's my. Ver- yeah, this is exactly. giving me anxiety. Someone called me sis on the train the other day, and like she was trying to fight me. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's not. She was like, "You can move, sis." She's like, "Okay, sis. We all going the same way." Right. I'm like, "Oh god," <laughs> because you're kind of making me feel loved by this sis, but you're also like, she like, might get you jumped. Right. So PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. yeah. You know. Mm. Oh my gosh. So. Literally, we could sit here and talk with you for hours. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I really feel like I'm, it's a I'm, vibe. I'm with my girlfriend. It's yeah, a whole exactly. vibe. Wait, you really should come is. back. You're welcome. Yeah, Please. you're always welcome. Oh, thank but, you. But um, we have a segment that we do called <clears throat> What Would You Do? Okay. So I know you were talking about the vocals, Wait, but you just got to get. No, Chelsea, don't do this bullshit. Me, 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 me. So you got to get in on this one. Okay. So I'm we, ready. we intro right. it. What would you do when your son was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry and the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of money in his daddy's home? Oh. Hey. Rock now. Sorry. Oh, she's in it. She's in it. We got you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> How can you stop when you start? I know. It's really, really hard. Such a good song. Um, but Great what song. would you do is when listeners will send us things or friends will send us things and they're like, how would you approach this? And I was telling some friends that you were coming on and they were really curious about like how you toe the line with the articles that you write. Like, is there ever a time that you're like, I don't feel comfortable with this or maybe in your career previously before being an unbothered, was there ever a time that someone asked you to work on something that you were like, I don't believe in this or I don't support Mm. this. Like, how do you address that? Mm. Oof, yeah. <laughs> no, no pressure. She's at a back break. This is right. I know. Let me just crack. A okay, neck crack. Let me get, let me get really into get it, girl. This. Gosh. Yeah, this has happened a lot in my career. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific time. Um, okay. 
I won't say where I was working. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, there was one time when uh, at my job years ago, I had an editor ask me to speak specifically about the bad things Obama was doing. Like how, like the decisions that the policies Obama, Obama policies that were like negatively affecting black people. Mm -hmm. And this is like, not like a, this is not like a low level. This is not a peer. This is like a, my boss's boss's boss was basically saying this. And, um, I'm smiling because I really, I cannot share who this person is, but it's like, just know that I could not say an outright no to this person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm having this conversation and this person is like, I think that it would be really groundbreaking for us to write this. And us as in who? As in like the, the, again, I can't say, but like where I was working at the time. No, because when you said us, I I thought you meant like a black. No. So at the time I'm the editor of a black section Mm. and it's like, this would be really important to have in this black section. Mm. And, and I'm like, no, like there's just no, no, I'm good, sweetheart. Like, no. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's a complicated thing. And I think throughout my career, I've really learned to navigate some really weird situations and it's helped me over time. It's helped me get to a place now where I feel like it's all about framing, um, especially with issues of, of race and ethnicity and identity. I think there's a lot more sensitivity now than there was at the time I had this conversation. I can't remember exactly what I said at that moment. I think I've learned that you kind of have to choose your battles. There are some times where I have planted my flag like really dug my heels in and been like absolutely not like i will go to bat for that but in order to go to bat in those moments you have to finesse yourself out of moments like the one i'm talking about Mm -hmm. right now so i think that i was like okay let me think about that and let me get back to you and what i did was actually yeah now i remember what i did was i came back actually with some stats and with some numbers and i was like actually all those policies that you (laughs) stated that you cited that actually didn't adversely affect the black community. I love it. Now that's not to say that I'm like staunch like that. There weren't things that did adversely affect the black community and we can go there. Right. But what I'm not going to do is like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to base that in fact. I'm a journalist. Like I'm going to base it in reporting and statistics in fact. And so that's how I got myself out of that situation was to come back and to be like, here's the reporting like and and as and i know that this editor respected that respect like really was the kind of person who looked at the numbers and was like okay if the story's not there the story's not there so i was able to come back and say like hey look this actually that's not what that means that's not what this adds up to be so that and and that gave me the ability down the road to really like dig my heels in and be like not like later when there was you came correct you were like here's what it is and at the end of the day like i do think that it bought you know people respect you in those moments and people are like I respect her ability. Like she knows what she's talking about. And that that then gives me the ability to walk in a room and be like, oh, fuck, no, we're not doing that. You know, Mm -hmm. and I will fight you on that. But there are other things that is like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fall back, but, but I'm, we're still not doing this. Yeah. (laughs) We don't talk about Obama. That's a good way to finesse it. (laughs) Right. Right. As my grandmother says, like. You can't talk about Jesus or Obama. We don't talk talk badly about Jesus or Obama. It's like, no. So our last segment is Black Girls Doing Shit. And Black Girls Doing Shit is 
what it's what we fucking just said. Black girls doing shit <laughs> out here. Black women, not black girls, but that just sounds cuter. Yeah. But black women <laughs> doing shit that we admire, that we respect, that we aspire to, that we appreciate, et cetera, et cetera. Our sisses. And <laughs> don't put, don't group me in that. See, <laughs> I have a question. Would you call a black girl doing shit a bitch? Yeah, I'd be like Maybe. that bitch is dope. <laughs> no, I like bitch more than sis. I would be like, oh my god, sister, like big sister. Okay, not sister, and then you put that sweet ass voice on. Uh, that's not how they cut be it saying out. It. That's not how Who is our black girl doing shit? Okay, let me get a drum roll, please. <laughs> Danielle Cadet. Hey! Oh my god! I was not. <laughs> you weren't ready really, for that. I was. I was like, who, like, who, who was it gonna be? Yes. <laughs> I got really it's you, sis. No, but seriously, this, <laughs> this conversation has been like so easy to have and so, so, so easy uh, informational. I'm like, is she the fourth black girl texting? And I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, like, do you want to hey. come on next week? <laughs> oh, I feel like I have a little honorary pin. Yeah. Oh, we have, I have a pin in my purse. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say, we need to get you a pin. Yeah. 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 I have my pin on this jacket. <laughs> we got merch, y'all. Hey, Just now. wait for the website to drop. And right now it's free, but save up your coin because we got to pay for this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are so thankful that you took time to come out to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Seriously, yeah. this is amazing. I'm, Thank you. I'm a big fan, so I was really happy to join. Oh, and we're so excited about all the work you're doing and grateful and appreciative of it. And Thank really you. Just yeah, shout outs Unbothered. Shout outs for creating that space. We can't wait to see what it becomes thank you and how it grows we'll constantly shout it out like yes. no doubt yes, yes. thank yes. you yeah. thanks sis yes, <laughs> yes um also thank you listeners our like subscriptions are growing every week it's incredible to see out of control it's like so grassroots and we don't have like any big people funding us or backing us and but you can if you want to blackgirlsexting at gmail.com for sponsorships <laughs> oh, shit, my bad. We're, we're gonna make a cash app account so feel free <laughs> a cash app. um but to. seriously thank you for people listening in fucking colombia and brazil thank you for that mm-hmm. um we appreciate you continue to listen continue to rate and subscribe continue to email us at blackgirlstexting.com continue to interact with the instagram blackgirlstexting i'm chelsea pinky I'm Glenn at Bedside Rats. I'm Shade Betterinois. I just felt like it was like a oh, like I felt like we were on like a like a yes. <laughs> like the news. I love it. <laughs> See now I'll say, bitch, you annoying. <laughs> oh, now it's got it. You got it out of her. I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Danielle, you want to plug your yes, IG? at yes. DB Cadet and at R29 Unbothered. Follow, follow, follow. Yes, yes. lots of good meme worthy sharing things. Oh my gosh, yes. so good. Um, All right, thank y'all. You. Thank y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.